And it is a handoff to Chris Ivory, right up the middle, has room, runs right to the 25, gets to the 30, there he goes to the 40, right sideline, 50, Ivory down the sideline to the 40, at the 30, inside the 25, all the way down to about the Bills 23, before he's run out by Corey Graham. Live from Calandra's Italian Village in Caldwell, New Jersey, it's Inside the Jets on 98.7 ESPN. Here's Larry Hardesty and Eric Allen. Happy New Year, everybody. It's our, unfortunately, last edition of Inside the Jets here on 98.7 ESPN, live at Calandra's Italian Village at the Ovecchio Cafe here in Caldwell, New Jersey. Larry Hardesty and Eric Allen. We'll take your phone calls a little later in the show. 1-800-919-3776. We'll be joined by Tommy Bohannon and Eric Decker tonight. And, partner, Happy New Year. Good to see you. Happy New Year. I was really thinking we would be preparing, talking about a Jets wild card game yeah. this weekend. And, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't in the cards for the New York Jets. It was a hell of a season. This team won four games last year. And, eventually, I think fans are going to be able to take a step back and say, hey, what did this team accomplish in 2015? They won 10 games. They go 10-6. and six. But they put themselves in position to get to the postseason, a win in their end scenario, going up to Buffalo. The team felt very confident, had a healthy amount of respect, Larry, for the Buffalo Bills before they went there for the return matchup, but they could not get it done. And uh, it's a tough one. It's a bitter pill to swallow for everybody inside that locker room. Uh, Todd Bowles said it today. Hey, bottom line is, Our goal is to get to the playoffs and compete for the Super Bowl. And he wasn't willing to give himself a grade. He said, I can do a lot of things better. This team can do a lot of things better. But ultimately, uh, a lot of disappointment uh, for the New York Jets today. But when we take a step back at the end of the season, we can say, hey, this was the start of something. A first-year GM, a first-year head coach, a lot of new players, new systems across the board, and the Jets took a step forward this year. They did, and it's listen, it's a bitter pill to swallow. It's tough for the players. It's tough for the fans. It's tough for the coaching staff. It's tough for everybody that follows the Jets, and we go back to it, Eric, and you look at it, and it's, it's that word that we talk about all year long. It's about execution. It was about, and you look at the stats, Stats don't lie. It was about execution on third down. Defensively, there were issues. They could not get off the field on third down. They couldn't advance drives on third down offensively. I mean, when you, I mean, think about this. The time of possession was almost two to one. That's, that's a situation where it's about execution. And you give Buffalo credit. They made plays. And you look back and you go and you say, you know what? You, you learn from this. You look at the film. You come back next year and you say, you know what? We were that close we put ourselves in position, you take the positives from it, and you move ahead. Self-inflicted wounds. I mean, you look at the Bills, they converted 9-20 on third down. You talk about time of possession. The Bills were on the field, it felt like, all afternoon. 39 minutes in all. Conversely, the Jets' offense, especially early in that ball game, failed to find a rhythm. And they were just 3 of 12 on third down, so the Bills kept on getting off the field. And then there were some tough breaks, too, on special teams. A short punt set up the Bills' first touchdown, a missed field goal in there as well. You think about some penalties early in that ball game, a fourth down call where we knew the Bills were going to do everything. They are going to pull out all the stops, and it looked like they were going to go for it, but 
You know, E.J. Manuel draws the Jets off with his cadence. There were just too many mistakes. And with all that being said, you thought the magic was going to be there once again. Ryan Fitzpatrick hits Eric Decker. Deck's back in the end zone. It's a two-point game. The Jets are driving. It's 19-17, to and you're thinking, here's the moment because we've seen it so many times before, the late-season mag- magic against the New York Giants, against the Dallas C- Cowboys, against the New England Patriots. You thought it was there one more time, and the Jets were in scoring territory. Fitz tries to hit Decker one more time. Unfortunately, Leotis McKelvin intercepted the football. And what happened at that point? There were still 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, but the Bills sustained a drive. They not only turned the Jets over, they went down the field, they held the ball once again, and they converted with points. And then the Jets, in desperation mode, tried to get that final touchdown, a pair of turnovers late. And that's something that this team hasn't been doing over that five-game win streak was, hey, they were not turning the football over, and they were getting off the field on third down. Sammy Watkins had a tremendous day, but the Jets, even in defeat, Brandon Marshall, 14th touchdown touchdown reception of the year. Fitz throws for two touchdown passes. He sets a franchise record with 31 touchdowns in a season. Marshall set the career uh, franchise receiving mark in terms of the season where he finishes with 1434. Deck is for first 1,000-yard receiving season as a New York Jet. Chris Ivory is first 1,000-yard rushing season as a Jet. Darrell Rivas comes up with his ninth takeaway. A lot of individual accolades, but the bottom line was this team was shooting for the postseason. And, you know, that was a tough locker room last night. The finality of the NFL season is so cruel, Larry. This team thought they were on a special run. And today, when you were inside the locker room, we're going to be talking with both Tommy Bohannon and Eric Decker here later on the show. You know, you felt it in the locker room. Uh, Brandon Marshall said it today. This was a special group, mm-hmm. and every season you start anew. So these yeah. guys know they started to build something here, but now things are going to change in off season. What's going to happen in free agency? Who are you keeping? Who maybe is going to depart in free agency? So changes on the way. No team is is the same in the National Football League. No year is the same, but for year one of what Todd Bowles was trying to do here and uh, GM Mike McCagnan, they did a really nice job. I think Jets fans, again, when they have a chance to soak it all in and take a step back, they'll realize, you know, a lot of good things happen here in 2015. Absolutely, and, and, and that's once you get over that bitter pill, Eric, that's what you focus on. And you look at what was accomplished, as you mentioned, offensively. You've got an offensive tandem here. Uh, you look at so many years when this was a ground-and-pound offense, and people, you're like, you look, boy, look at other quarterbacks are throwing it 3,000 yards a year and whatnot, and we're just running the ball. Now you have an offensive tandem where you can get the ball down the field, and you look and you say, okay, we've got, we've got the start of something. We've got the nucleus here. Now we just add some pieces, and everybody goes through it. Okay, 25% of your locker room changes every year because of free agency, because of, of various things that, that, that go on with personnel. So, you know, you, you look at the situation, you say, hey, 
We were in there. We had an opportunity. We more than doubled our win total from last year. Now we move forward, and now our challenge is to be even better next year because everybody's gunning for you now. Everybody knows what you're going to do. Everybody knows how dangerous you are. You may have snuck up on some people. You heard the predictions early in the year. Five wins, six wins. How are they going to score? All this other stuff. So now everybody knows how you're going to score. Now the challenge for Todd Bowles and Mike McCagnan is to take that next step moving towards where you want to have, which is sustainable success every season. You know what was fascinating to me that, that today Todd Bowles was asked during his news conference, hey, do you think this team has to become younger in the future? And he said, I don't know if we have to become younger, but what we do have to do is we have to become faster. Mm-hmm. Todd Bowles, he, he's not going to give you a ton as far as he's not going to be expansive with his answers mm-hmm. very direct he'll tell you exactly how he feels and moving forward looking at this football team he wants to increase the speed uh you mentioned what this team did offensively this season uh total yards no jets team produced the amount of total yards that this team did mm-hmm. they had a balanced offense at times what we saw down the stretch was when the run game wasn't there, the Jets were able to figure it out with their pass game. You mentioned Deck, he's here today, tonight. Brandon Marshall was just incredible. And then other guys stepped up as well. What hurt the Jets, and I know a lot of people were talking to me about it, you talked to folks about it last night, was, hey, what's the deal with Chris Ivory? Well, why did Steven Rid- why was Steven Ridley so much in the backfield? Well, Ivory was on the injury report all last week with a knee injury. Bilal Powell, who gave this team a tremendous jolt late in the season, did not play. So people were asking me this all night, and even into today, Larry, was, hey, what was going on with Ivory? Well, he was on the injury report last week and limited in practice. So Chan Gailey, in preparation for this game against the Buffalo Bills, the Jets got Steven Ridley ready, yeah. and he was involved in a lot of packages. I will say this, though. Ivory did have more reps in the backfield than Ridley. Now, you look forward. The Jets have a number of big-name free agents. They do. Chris Ivory, yep. first 1,000-yard season. He potentially could hit free agency. Bilal Paul. We think about the defense alignment. Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, who unfortunately – Suffered a tough break, broke his leg last night, fibula. He's going to have surgery over the course of the next week. He's scheduled to be free agent. Damon Snacks, Harrison, and, of course, the quarterback as well, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Todd Bowles was clear about it today, Larry said. We want to have Ryan Fitzpatrick back. And if he is back, he is the starter. Mm -hmm. But – Again, in the financial, uh, unfortunately, in the National Football League, you, you can't keep everybody. And that's what Bulls said today. Bottom line is you're going to have to make tough decisions. That's just part of the business. We live in a salary cap era, and we'll have to see what the Jets' offseason plan is this year. But I have a lot of trust and faith in Mike McCagnan considering on all the guys he hit on in his first year as GM Wow, the Jets did a great job in free agency and via the trade route last offseason. They sure did. And, and the tricky thing is to make the changes, increase your talent, but not mess with the chemistry that, you have but so much. So it's going to be interesting balance, and that's what Mike McCagnan is challenged with. 
FanDuel, try one week fantasy football league on FanDuel today. They're home to more winners than any other site. Go to FanDuel.com for your free account now. Time for our first time out on this edition of Inside the Jets here at uh, Calandra's Italian Village at the Ovecchio Cafe. When we return, we'll be joined by Eric Decker. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. Takes the shotgun snap, drops back, throws a bomb down the left sideline, looking for Marshall. He's got it. Muscles his way inside the 20, down to the 18-yard line. Now back to Inside the Jets on 98.7 ESPN. Here's Larry Hardesty and Eric Allen. Join the New York Jets and the Institute of Culinary Education on February 6th for the final class at the Jets Cooking School presented by Chase. For more information and to purchase tickets, visit ice.edu slash Jets. All right, partner, let's bring in Eric Decker, Jets wide receiver, who's played tremendous football for the Jets and signing as a free agent uh, a couple springs ago. You guys had a phenomenal season when you look at what you were able to accomplish. Take us through, and we've talked about it, but take us through that whole ride of learning uh, learning to work with Fitzpatrick, learning how to balance it with Marshall, and just that whole ride to get you to where you are. When you have a moment, when you get over this and you look back, can you appreciate where you guys came from? Well, it was an exciting year, and I think um – you know, it's it's frustrating and it's it's tough because we are in the situation to go to, to, go to the playoffs, we, to win, to get in. I mean, that's all you can ask for at that point. Um, you know, looking back, I think, you know, all of a sudden Fitzpatrick comes week three preseason and, you know, we're trying to catch up and build some chemistry as an offense. And, you know, that, that takes time. And we kind of evolved over the season. We started out very fast. Our defense is playing tremendous giving us the chance to win and then we you know stumbled a little bit had a rough patch there for a while played some good good teams but I think that was uh, a realization for us that you know it made us come together and figure out what our identity was what kind of football team we wanted to be and we got in that five game winning streak and you know confidence was at all-time high uh, I thought we were playing really good complimentary football um, and, we, and we had really the belief you know from the coaching staff, the locker room, everyone was all in. And, and uh, you know, then you come to a game like yesterday, it's just the weather w- was tough. But, I mean, you just didn't make enough plays, you didn't do enough as a team um, to put ourselves in a winning situation. So it's just it's a hard one to swallow. And it's, and it's you know, always obviously going to be tough throughout the off season, And hopefully a lot of guys can use this as motivation to come back next year uh, – bigger and stronger a lot of guys talk about what the locker room was like this year and folks watch you guys on Sunday but to a man it felt like to me for somebody who's in there each and every day that you guys really liked being around each other and that there was some special chemistry going on can you talk about that and what can you point to and say why that happened why that developed yeah, it was it was uh, it was so much fun this year coming to work every day, and especially when you're winning football games, it comes that much more fun. And I always look back, you know, to my experience in Denver, and when we went to the Super Bowl. You know, I, I felt like we had that that same vibe, that same feeling in the locker room. That you know, there was no big egos. Uh, everyone respected one another. Everyone kind of knew what their role was. Uh, we believed and trusted in one another. And, uh, and that's what it was this year. And I think, you know, from the start of the season, we, we slowly figured each other out. And I think when you go through some hard times, it really 
you know, it brings out the, the character, the best of you, and, and guys leaned on one another, and, and we came together. And Man, I tell you what, um, those five games we won in a row, it was some of the most fun I've had playing football. Eric, it's, it, it's interesting to watch you guys grow and, and, and get closer together and see that on the field where the quarterback just looks, you have eye signals and hand signals, and you guys are just on, on one accord like that. How much fun is that for you guys? It's a lot of fun. You know, it's kind of like backyard football. You just – you're out there playing, you know, and obviously we have our philosophy and, and uh, what Coach Gailey, you know, calls. But at the same time, you know, us as players, we see it on the field and we can adjust and, and make those things. And once you get on that level where, you know, it is the hand signals, it is just kind of the, the look, uh, you, can, you can, you know, go as far as you want. And um, I think that experience we had this year carried over. Uh, into next year is, is going to help us tremendously, but at the same time, it's still difficult thinking about what we're thinking about next year. Brandon Marshall spoke in the locker room today, said mentally uh, burned out just from the season ending right now, and he had such a tremendous season as you did, as Fitz did, and a number of guys in that locker room. What's the next step for you? Do you have to get away from it? Because Brandon was like, physically, I feel great. I feel like I can play for 20 years, but I have to get away just for a little bit to give my mind a rest. Yeah, I mean, I think over the course of four months that that we're there, I mean, you get burnt out physically, emotionally, mentally, everything. And and when you lose a heartbreaker like that, when your expectations are, okay, we're going to win this one and we're going to give ourselves a chance to be in the dance. And, you know, it doesn't happen that way. Uh, yeah, you got to get away from it. you got to kind of remove yourself from football. Obviously, I'm still a fan. I'm, I'm sure I'll watch playoff games. But, you know, reading every day on my Score mobile app or, you know, looking at SportsCenter, I'll probably get away from that start watching cartoons with the kids. Um, but, yeah, you just kind of got to get away, remove yourself, uh, you know, kind of flush it out. And then, you know, when you're ready, again, mentally, emotionally, uh, get back into working out and get back into, you know, swing of things. You've been on a team that's gone to the Super Bowl. So you have that understanding, that feeling, that, that knowledge of what it takes to get there. Uh, do you sense the beginnings of that here? You know, to be honest – Getting to the Super Bowl is a fine line. You know, every team is so good in this league. I think talent-wise, we are definitely there. I think the foundation has been set this year uh, with the attitude, with kind of uh, the mentality that Coach Bowles has brought in. Um, now, really, it, it comes down to execution. So that's, that's on us players of kind of knowing what our roles are and doing our jobs at the best of our ability. And throughout this year, there's times where we – did a good job, a great job with it. There's times where, you know, we stumbled and we couldn't, you know, move the ball or defense couldn't stop uh, an offense. And, you know, just those things are going to happen. But if we want to get to a Super Bowl uh, contending team, you got to be consistent in, in execution. And I, I would say, yes, this team is, is so close to potential, uh, very, very much there. It's just a matter now of, you know, obviously doing it on Sundays and, and being consistent with it, you know, when you're – on there Monday and when you're on there Sunday, just every day you gotta you gotta be consistent. Speaking about being consistent, uh, your head coach has been that way ever since he took over. First year leads you guys to ten wins. What was he like today, Deck, when you guys came in after such a painful loss and met for one final time as a unit? Because you know 
change is so constant in the National Football League, that locker room will never be completely the same. Right. Well, one thing I'll tell you about him, he's a realist. He's going he's gonna to shoot you straight. He's going to tell you, you know, how it is. And I respect that so much because, you know, as a man, that's all you can ask for is someone to tell you, you know, how they perceive you or uh, what, you know, how it's going to be. And uh, he, he stepped in there, obviously very frustrated, probably, you know, disappointed and just said, you know, we made some strides. Uh, this isn't good enough. You know, don't be comfortable with 10 and 6 or don't be comfortable with just being better than last year. You know, we, we got uh, some places to go, and, and that's being a Super Bowl team. And, you know, we kind of set our mark here, but, you know, the expectations are going to be so much greater going into next year. Um, obviously, this room isn't going to be the same. We're going we're gonna to make some changes. Free agency happens. Um, and just got to be ready to roll when, you know, we, we meet up in April again. Eric, I'm going to take you off the field for a minute because we heard the ad before you came on, what you're doing with bullying. You're up for the man of the year representing the Jets. Just just take us through that whole thing and, and how important that is for you to bring the well-rounded part. You do a great job. You represent yourself. You represent the Jets well on the field. But some, something that you do off the field as far as this bullying is really, really something important to you and your wife. Definitely. I think giving back in general is just so important, especially, you know, when you have an opportunity to be a professional athlete in the community and, you know, the sport uh, touches a lot of people, it affects a lot of people. And if you can, you know, be a role model for a lot of the kids, even, you know, just someone that the parents can be like, all right, this is a good guy. I want my kids to look up to him um, and to make some impact, you know, like I said, on your community or just on people in general. And, you know, we have our foundation where we rescue dogs and train them for returning veterans um, and also, you know, uh, partnering up with, with, with the bullying stuff. It's just incredible how uh, prevalent it is in our culture. You know, with social media now, when I was growing up, unfortunately, I was involved in a school shooting uh, when I was in high school, and you know, that, that was because of someone bullying someone else, and my wife was the same way, military kid, always bullied because, you know, everyone had cliques in high school, and she could never fit in with any of them. So it was important to us and it hit home because, you know, we have kids now and we want to make sure that it's an environment where your kids can be successful. They can have confidence. They can go and, and make a difference, you know, in school and, and just in their community. So any way we can make a difference, uh, you know, we want to be there. Yep. Well, the Jets, Walter Payton, man of the year. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I really love what you're doing for the servicemen and service women with Decker's dogs. Yep. And you touched upon that a little bit, but uh, can you talk about that program and, and why that has meant so much to you? It's, it's something, you know, when we were in Denver, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to get involved with because, you know, we've been very fortunate in our lives to not have anything uh, major happen to our families or to ourselves or anyone close. And her being a military kid, I you know, have military in my family as well. Uh, that was something that we wanted to hit. And, you know, we, we love dogs. We got two golden retrievers. And this program, when we went to the organization to visit what they did because we're trying to, you know, figure out what we want to do. And uh, to hear the stories from these veterans of how much it impacted their lives. I mean, some were about to take their lives because, you know, of the stress of, of – the experiences they've had or others that have had physical ailments that, you know, no legs, no arms. And these dogs come in and, and just create some kind of normalcy. And uh, it's emotional. It's just incredible. You know, it's a man's best friend. 
they're capable of doing so much, and they, they can really change and impact someone's life that much. Well, Eric, listen, you had a fabulous season. I know it didn't end the way you wanted to, but you got some more uh, incentive and, and attitude to bring your guys together next year to have another run. First 1,000-yard season as Absolutely. a Jet, 12 touchdown receptions, and uh, you and Brandon have formed one of, if not the top tandem in the National Football League. I know everybody in Jets Nation is excited to watch you guys in action again in 2016. Well, I'm excited for it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Thanks for coming by. It's Eric Decker, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a word from Selective Insurance. They're your solution for auto, home, business, and flood insurance. Visit Selective.com today and find an agent near you. Selective response is everything. After our second time out, we'll be joined by Tommy Bohannon. Remember, a little later in the show, we'll take your phone calls at 1-800-919-3776. You're listening to Inside the Jets, live from Calandra's Italian Village in Corwell, New Jersey, on 98.7 ESPN. Takes the snap, drops back, looks over the middle, floats it, end zone, Marshall's got it! That's a Jet touchdown! Brandon Marshall runs the post, Ryan Fitzpatrick finds him, and just like that, the Jets are back in the game. Now back to Inside the Jets on 98.7 ESPN. Here's Larry Hardesty and Eric Allen. And we are live at Calandra's Italian Village here in Caldwell, New Jersey. Larry Horsty, Eric Allen, and Eric, we have our next special guest. All right, we're now joined by Jets fullback Tommy Bohannon. T-Bow. <laughs> thanks for having me. Hey, uh, thanks for being here uh, tonight. Tommy, when you look back at the 2015 season now, it's only been a day, what stands out to you about this ball club? You know, uh, coming from the offensive perspective, I, I really think that uh, we came together as a group just starting in OTAs. We really didn't know what to think of what Chan Gailey and all that was, all his offense was going to be. Uh, we didn't know if we were going to be a power running team, a spread team. Uh, all the reports were that he was a spread guy, but he kind of mixed everything together with us. Uh, like you were saying earlier, uh, we had Gino to start, and then it kind of became Fitz at the end. And uh he really, he really helped us out with the signals, and he knew the offense already, and it kind of just blended together. And I think uh, we got better every week as an offense, and we were able to put things together. And even on our, our not even our best day, I think we were able to come out and do some things against some good defenses and be able to move the ball and do, make plays when we needed to. And ultimately, we were able to get to 10 and 6. Yeah. Tommy, you have to be proud of your colleagues in the running back room. You guys helped block for a 1,000-yard rusher this season. And Chris Ivey, that's going to bring some satisfaction. Take us inside that running back room. What's it like in there? What do you guys talk about? What, what's going on in there? You know, as a running back room, we always want to have the best running game in the league. We want to be the best group in the league. So for us, it's just have no MEs, do all your assignments, make your run reads, and then once you make your run read, make a play. Don't ever let the first guy make the tackle. You're never going to get tackled by an arm tackle, anything like that. So that's kind of our big emphasis. And then take care of the ball. That's another big emphasis for us is we have to take care of the ball. The, the ball is the team, and we carry it the most, and that's the big thing. We have to make sure that we take care of that, we make big plays, and help out the offense as much as we can. Tommy, how did your role change over the course of the last few months, maybe from entering training camp, to where you were in December or January here as the season closed because the big thing the coaching staff always talked about was 
we got to learn the players. And this was an evolution throughout the season. And Shane Gailey had to learn not only what you did well, but everybody else on offense. And what he did midseason, and he did a masterful job of this, was you guys scaled back a little bit because he thought he was throwing too much out there. Yeah, I think uh, what he did very well was be able to put all the players in the best position to make plays. I mean, I think, uh, like you said, Chris had his first 1,000-yard season. We had two receivers go over 1,000 yards. And I think Bilal had his career high in receptions yep. and everything. So I think it was just a, a great job of being able to put players in position to make plays. And for us, that's all we can ask for is if you get put in a position to make a play, do it or not. That's your job. That's on the player. So I think that he did a great job of being able to do that. And for the most part, our guys made the plays when we needed to. What about your role? Because a lot of times your motion, there's sometimes you're just being that's straight ahead, traditional fullback. And then other times they see you motioning out. And you might be part of an empty package. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something that was definitely able to go on as the season progressed was being able to put me in more routes and things like that once he learned that I was able to do that. I mean, I did that in college, and uh, it really was able to help out the offense in that way and be able to open up the box a little bit more and help the running game that way as well as being able to go out and make some plays in the pass game and be able to, whenever I did get the ball, be able to make a few explosive plays. How great is that for you to have a coaching staff recognize what you can do and growth in your game of things that you work on in practice and off to the side and then incorporate that as part of a game plan? It's definitely good to see. I mean, for them to notice that, hey, I can go out and line up out wide and be able to run some stuff out wide as well as in the slot and then still be able to do my normal fullback role. I think that that's something that is very big and it helps me and it helps the offense because a lot of times when you see – a 21 personnel with uh, two backs and a tight end, they're thinking it's going to be a run. But with me, they were able to split me out some and be able to run routes and not always just have to load the box and run the ball out of that personnel. Tommy, what was the feeling like when you left the field yesterday when the game had ended and another uh, comeback attempt uh, fell short? Because... Yeah, the thought process all along, I'm thinking, being there in the press boxes, they got him. They got him. They're coming back. This is another Jets comeback. Got him right there. And You guys had all the confidence in the world going into that ball game. With that being said, like I mentioned before, is that you had a healthy amount of respect for the Bills. So when you're leaving the field and the, and the finality is right there, what's going through your mind? You know, at the end of the game, with the with the time running out, we had no no doubt that, hey, somebody's going to make a play. We're going to win this game. And that was the belief for the last five weeks as well as yesterday when we were out on the field was, hey, there's two minutes left. We have the ball. We can do this. So that was the big thing. And then that final interception was kind of the the big blow, and we kind of felt it then. And just – Going off the sideline, like I was, I was telling everybody. I mean, I wasn't expecting today to be the off season. We were expecting to be in the playoffs, and that was the big thing. Like it's kind of, it is a crushing defeat, but we do have to build on it. We can't wallow in defeat. We have to rise above it, and we have to be able to come out and do everything this off season, and come out next year on fire and get. Hey, ten wins didn't get it this year. We got to get more than ten. Yep. What does 
your ability to come back, your ability to drive down the field late in games, what does that do for your confidence as you piggyback and bring that into next season? You know, it, it gives us great confidence because it shows that, hey, we're never out of a game. And for us, that, that helps us out in any situation, be it the second in the first half when you're driving the last two minutes, saying, hey, we can put it in before, the, before we have to go in for halftime. Or when we're down in, late in the game and we have two, a minute left and we have the ball on the 20-yard line, hey, we can still win this game. We can get down there. We have, a, we have big play receivers. We have big play running backs. And we have a quarterback that's able to make plays. So that was something that definitely we had confidence in Fitz. We had confidence in our offense to be able to make the plays and do the things we needed to do when, to win games late in the game. So it was never we, – we have the confidence now, and that's just going to be able to build us up till uh, we start playing in August again. Tommy, you play a prominent role on special teams. I know that goes under the radar sometimes. But, uh, you know, uh, a lot of Sundays you're – snap count might be higher on special teams than actually on offense. Do you you think you guys took some steps down the stretch? I know there were some uneven moments there midway through the season, but did you think it started to come together a little bit more towards the end of the season? No, I think it definitely did. We we had the two big plays that went against us when we played the Giants and the Eagles, and that hurt us. But I think other than that, I think we took step forward every week to be able to be a better special teams unit and – I think that uh, Coach April did a great job of getting us together and keeping us motivated all all year uh, to be the best team that we could on each special team. So I think that, uh, like you said, we I think we definitely did take steps each week, and I think we did progress. And I think that that's just going to help us out f- through the season to uh, to the off season to have all those players together for one more year and be able to have that those special teams even be better next year. All right, so describe the two Tommy Bohannons for me. Describe the Tommy Bohannon, that's the guy coming out of the backfield handling the ball, and the maniac that's running down on teams. <laughs> so uh, it is two different mindsets. I mean, special teams, you're running full speed, and you have to just put your head down and hit somebody, whereas out of the backfield, those types of things, you have to be a more finesse guy, whether it be blocking or catching the ball. It's definitely a little bit more finesse now. Uh, a lot of times I'm up on – DBs and linebackers that just want to make you miss and make the tackle. So for me, I have to really keep my feet and keep my head about me, and, and that's a, a lot different than special teams where you're going full speed, full out the whole time no matter what. So that's just a, a completely different mindset, and you have to differentiate that during the game. What's on your playlist before the game? What's uh, getting you ready uh, if, to go out? and have these collisions because you're in the midst of it. So I want to know what you're listening to to get you ready. So I listen to a lot of uh, inspirational speakers like Eric Thomas and things like that before the game. And then I, uh, the soundtrack that I started listening to this year was uh, the Southpaw soundtrack because that has a lot of high-energy music, and it kind of got me in the mood to go out and want to hit somebody and <laughs> do those types of things. So it was definitely uh, – I think, but most of the time, it's mostly the inspirational, motivational speakers and things like that that I listen to more than music. Did you see Southpaw? I did. Great movie. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I heard Creed's pretty good too. I haven't seen that yet. I've been wanting to see it, but it's. I think it's out of theaters now, so I have to wait till it gets on DVD. Yeah, I want to see Creed. It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> hey, Tommy, thanks. Great season for you. Uh, I know you fell short, but you'll get over it and get ready for next year. Thanks for stopping by. On to the next one. Thank you. Absolutely. Right. Thanks, Tommy, Tommy. Bohannon, ladies and gentlemen.
Jet on over to the perfect setting for fun with friends, fine food and drink. It's the Madison Hotel, this Rod Steakhouse and GK's Red Dog located on Madison Avenue in Morristown. All right, it's your turn. When we return on Inside the Jets here at Calandra's Italian Village, we'll take your phone calls. Eric and I want to talk to you. 1-800-919-3776 when we return from the final segment of Inside the Jets. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. Fitzpatrick in the shotgun, gets the snap off. Here comes the blitz. He's under pressure, steps up, floats it over the middle. Decker's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Ryan Fitzpatrick stepped up and beat the blitz. Eric Decker scores and does a leap into the stands here in Buffalo as he finds some Jet fans. Now back to Inside the Jets on 98.7 ESPN. Here's Larry Hardesty and Eric Allen. We welcome you back to Colangelo's Italian Village here in Caldwell, New Jersey. And Eric, I'm going to tell you, when that play was made, I was like, they're ready to come back and make that move. That's going to be the one that's going to take them. That's the momentum changer that's going to just take them right in. And then they, another come from behind win for this Jet team. Yeah, I don't want to watch it again because I think it, there's going to be a different ending. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I thought this team was headed to the postseason. But yep. like uh, Tommy and Eric Decker said tonight, hey, they got to build on this. Things are going to be different. Mm-hmm. and They'll start anew and – you know, you don't take any of those 10 wins with you, and you don't no. take any of these six losses with you, and you don't take the fact that the Bills swapped you this season into 2016. It's all new, but you do have a core intact. You can build off of that, and uh, I think good things are ahead for Todd Bowles, Mike McCagney, and company. Listen, before we go to the calls, Eric, I want to make sure that we thank all the folks who made it possible for us to be inside the Jets our first year. I loved having, hanging out with you this year. I mean, we've done stuff before, but every week to hang out with Eric Allen and, and follow you on and all the great stuff you do on the Jets website and Twitter and all that stuff, I had a ball. Well, you're a true professional. I loved working with you. We took the uh, torch from uh, Bob with shoes and the voice of the Jets, and, you know, those are big shoes to follow. Yes, they are. Uh, but uh, I really enjoyed it this year, no doubt about it. Gerald's been with us from the get-go. We He's got a veteran. It. Yeah. It's been here a while now, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And over uh, from the Jets, we've received a lot of support. Of course, uh, Brian uh, and Jack on hand each and every week. We got Tracy. Uh, Charles is here uh, every week as well. Jocelyn, congratulations. Uh, she just got Reese. Uh, Jocelyn, uh, okay, and I do have to say, I do have to say, who else am I forgetting right now? Jorge, mm-hmm. uh, each and every week has been here. He's actually helping out with uh, Eric Decker. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course, and all the staff at the Jets and, of course, the staff here at Kalandras who make us feel welcome and Mark who takes care of us and all, all the other folks who are around who, uh, who do a fabulous job here at Kalandras with us. So we just want to make sure we thank everybody because, you know, in radio you start going to the phones, talking to the fans. Before you know it, psh, time is gone, and then we move on. Let's, speaking of the phones, Eric, let's do it. Ira in Staten Island is standing by. He, of course, is on line one. Eric, here is Ira. Ira, you're up first here on Inside the Jets. Happy New Year, my friend. Hey, Happy New Year to you guys. Uh, and you, by the way, you, you two did a great job, and it was a pleasure listening to you guys uh, all year. Unfortunately, uh, it's a couple of weeks short, and I expected, and uh, I was definitely preparing for another road trip next uh, week, but uh, it just looked like it wasn't in the cards, you know, uh, it was a great five-week run they were on. We got the break we needed last week. Eric, you're right. They, they got a lot of pieces in place to build on. But, of course, there's no guarantees. 
Everybody starts with a clean slate. You got to stay healthy. You got to do good in the draft. You got to do good in free agency. But getting to the game yesterday, and you know, I hate to be a downer here, but boy, oh boy, I mean, just so many missed opportunities yesterday. And when they crawled back in, when they got down to the 14 yard line, but I'm not going to second guess anything right now. But you know, you had a field goal in your back pocket. I thought they should have went that way, and uh, unfortunately, they didn't. And, uh, once again, it just wasn't in the cards. They gave it their best effort, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully this time next year we will have something in place, and we won't have to go into week 17 after the Clinton's playoff spot. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. All right, Ira. Thanks for the call, my friend, and we'll talk to you soon. And and Eric, that's that's how the fans feel right now. You 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 go back to each part of that game. You dissect it. You replay it. You look at the uh, the offsides. You look at the unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. You look at uh, you know the the third down stats that we gave early in the game. You yep. look at the drop passes. You, you when you lose a game like that, you re-examine every in particular thing till it drives yeah, you nuts. Yeah, listen. You hate taking points off the board, and and that's one thing that uh, Chan Gailey and Ryan Fitzpatrick been talking about from the get the sacks and the turnovers and uh, you never want to be in a position to you know where you have to give up something and the Jets gave up something there on the interception and Fitz had three fourth quarter interceptions but he had a tremendous season Um, you know when that interception did take place it was 1917 there's still 10 minutes left in the game Yeah. The Jets still could have got off the field. They still could have came back and got a field goal or a touchdown even after the field goal. Yeah, we, you know, we can dissect each and every play. Uh, it's a tough one, but Fitz had a hell of a season, um, and that's one he'd like to have back. Absolutely. Let's go to Stephanos in West Long Branch. You're next on 98.7 ESPN's Inside the Jets. What's up, Stephanos? Stephanos. Hello. There he is. Hello. Hey, Stephanos. You're hey, on, buddy. Uh, Eric, I just wanted to say uh, I've been watching you Jameer, all, all year. It's been great on the uh, website. But uh, I took a road trip up to Buffalo yesterday, and I, I was at the game and everything, heartbreaker. Um, man, I'll tell you, those, those fans really took on Rex's personality. Um, but, yeah, it was I wouldn't say the season was a failure, but I would say they really took on what Todd Bowles would really preach to him and how 10 to 6 isn't good enough. And, and I really appreciate that. I, li- I like what he's bringing to the organization. Uh, I've been a lifetime uh, Jets fan all my life, and I'm, I'm looking forward to what they got going. Stefan, and- yep. Listen, that's a great call. And I'll say thank you for coming. The Jets support. Uh, in Buffalo was tremendous. It was. The, the Jets' home game, Fan Appreciation Day against the Patriots, that place was a madhouse. MetLife Stadium was great. I think the green and white uh, faithful have captured something. They like what Todd Bowles is doing here. And you said it. You know, Stefano said it right there. Is Todd Bowles told his team today, this isn't good enough. So, Brandon Marshall said it yesterday in Buffalo. I was there in Western New York. No moral victory. So nobody's celebrating here. We are telling you, though, there is a foundation in place. There is a core intact. Yeah, and, and that's what you – look, that's what you want. It's about 
sustainable success and you want to build on that so that you don't have the constant turnover eric what you want to do is put people in place so that you can continue to move and continue to grow and with the draft choices you're going to have and the free agents and the things you're going to have to make additions and some subtractions to you know hopefully you'll next time we talk to everybody we'll have a new team in place ready to go yeah uh i'm already looking forward to it and i know uh you know the players will get away for a little bit and then we'll be talking about uh, spring workouts and OTAs, and then we'll get back to training camp, and then before you know it, we'll have another season. But uh, some guys will watch the playoffs. Yeah, some will. Uh, my, <laughs> you and me will watch the playoffs, yeah. and uh, some guys got to get away from it. But uh, a lot to build off this year. Looking forward, you know, to 2016. The Jets were three and three inside the division this year. Mm. They did beat the Patriots once, but now uh, taking that next step. You're going to have to be better in the division moving forward. And the conference. Absolutely. Partner, it was a pleasure. Hey, Larry, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for everything. Special thanks, as you mentioned, to uh, Gerald, also to uh, Brian and Ray back at the Uh, station. Mary-Kate as well. Absolutely. I forgot to mention Mary-Kate. Yeah, you know better than that. (laughs) You know, she's going to get you later. (laughs) Trevor Scales has what you need to know. Then it's the Dave Rothenberg Show next on 98.7 ESPN.